As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's do it. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. It is another edition of Hoops Jason on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge here in D.C. Out in the Bay, my man Marcus Thompson. Marcus, what's up? D.A., let me tell you why this day is incredible. Why? Incredible. Phenomenal day, D.A. Okay, okay. That's what I did this morning, and I haven't done it in two weeks. Uh, Listen, it was bliss. Okay. I took my daughter to school. How about that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> virtual school is over. Oh, I, mean, no. I don't want to get too happy because in two weeks they're going to be like, all right, so I'm back home. But <laughs> you know what that drive home was like knowing I was oh. going back to an empty house? Empty house. Bruh, Isn't it, it the was, most beautiful words you've ever heard? <laughs> oh man. So I'm, I am on 10 today. We got a great guest and do. I do not have to intervene for English. Right. Go. I don't have to. <laughs> So I don't have to handle the science breakout room. Like, oh lord, we live today. <laughs> I like when my man Marcus is in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because our friend Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, senior writer. I love how that sounds, man. And the co-host of the Crossover Pod with our buddy Kev, uh, Chris Mannix. What up, Beck? What up, fellas? How are you? Great to be here. Good, good to see whatever, you. Whatever you here is. Can I tell you about the time Howard Beck almost stole my wife? Yes, please. <laughs> It's a podcast. We have time. I thought this was long buried. Like every time I have thought no, to make jokes about this, Marcus, I have refrained thinking that it would not be classic for me to bring it up. But if you want to bring it, was, it up, hey, so my wife doesn't at all like other media. She has Jason, zero good. interest. Like good. she's just like, yeah, you work with a bunch of weird people. <laughs> point to which I do not disagree. Right. 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 <laughs> so we're in Vegas for summer league and like, I forgot Raymond Ritter had us going somewhere, right? I forgot what it was, but uh, was that the so Wayne like, Brady show? Was I think that it that was. Night? I think it was. Yeah, it was a bunch of media. I'm like, you gotta come, you know? She's like, I don't. Know. I'm like, you gotta come with us. You're coming, right? I remember we, we might even argued about it. <laughs> she, the entire night she talked to Howard. It was like unbelievable. I was like, yeah. I like Howard is cool, but what? How in the world did you unlock this? Like, and then the crazy part was we get in the car, we go back to the room, and I'm expecting her to be like, oh my gosh, Howard, he was talking my ear. What normally happens when she ends up talking to somebody, it's normally yeah. like, 
oh, I can't, I can't believe I had to deal with that. She's like, oh no, he was real cool. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? It was, it was you didn't know about. It. I, was, it was, I didn't know about it. It's like, yo, she was, she was like, yeah, no, he's cool. I like him. Like, th- this is the one person you work with that's not a weirdo. Right. <laughs> clearly, clearly, I was on my best behavior, and she just didn't get to know me well enough. So clearly, I was like, "Yo, Howard's cool, but man, that's another level, man." Yeah, like, right? it's two dudes that's... who've been able to make her think that me, you. That's that's impressive. That's impressive. Right? I, I, yeah. uh, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm flattered. Please say hello to Mrs. Thompson for me, <laughs> if, if you're comfortable doing so. No, no. She the next time, like she was like, uh, yeah, oh yeah, tell Howard I said what's up or something. I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> you remember him? Yeah, remember we talked in Vegas. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't even know what they were talking about too. Right. It's just funny that out of all the people who I've right. ever come across, Howard is the one person she's talked to for any I length mean, over five minutes. Clearly, clearly, it's it's the vibe that I that I just kind of send off because I was born in Oakland and grew up in San Jose. It's a Bay Area you know vibe saying? thing. There you go. Town biz. You got right? that Bay. You got that Bay vibe. That Bay chill. You know. I got. Yeah, you. Howard's yeah. always been a, a welcome guest in our home. He's always there been part of the clip. Well, he's it's a like welcome five deep. He's a welcome guest here because we wanted to talk about hoops. We want to talk about everything going on in the association including, of course, Ben Simmons and all the trade talk. I thought they were going to trade Ben Simmons before the deadline. But now, Howard, I'm starting to think not because this Harden thing sounds like it has legs and sounds like it's definitely in the works, in the midst, whether it happens now or in the summertime. sounds like that's going to be You mean James Harden wink back? (laughs) You know what happened? <laughs> right, right, right. Has anybody exactly. checked who he's followed or unfollowed recently right. on Instagram? <laughs> right, exactly. Because that's when you know. Yes, yes. But it sounds like, I mean, when I thought about it, when I think about it, it 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 sort of makes sense. Um, it doesn't make sense for New, Jer- New Jersey, for Brooklyn to do it now, because with Durant out, you can't trade the only other guy who plays every day in every game in Harden who can score for a non-score. But certainly in the offseason, yeah, makes sense. And it makes sense for Philly. So the first thing I would want to say about this is this, because in the wake of like this has been looming out there for a while, but the murmurs have gotten louder in recent days and there have been more and more reports from various places on this. And the cynical, understandably cynical, response, especially if you're a Nets fan who doesn't want to lose Harden, is Daryl Morey's putting this out there. Philly's doing this. This is all coming from Philly. I'm here to tell you folks, and you guys I'm sure know this anyway, because you're very plugged in. This isn't coming from Philly. It may also be coming from Philly. (laughs) Right. right. But when I've heard it, it's been from other teams, teams that are not Brooklyn and not Philly. Yeah. So when that happens, I take it. Which seriously. are the best sources, right? Or, Absolutely. or among people the best sources. With, people right? with, no, yeah. with no dog Absolutely. in the hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And, and this is like the, the last person I talked to about this is an executive with another team. You know, everybody's got a passing interest in it because it affects the race, it affects the power balance and all that. So I won't say there's no vested interest. Everybody's got a vested interest, but no specific interest. This is not a yeah. this is not a team that is chasing Simmons. This is not a team that would be chasing Harden, I don't believe. And so they're a bystander who is simply plugged in as well and hearing these, these rumblings. And I think it's got legs to it. Now, you, you guys know as well as I do, the NBA grapevine, very chatty, uh, <laughs> very active. If not, we'd all be out of jobs. Um, 
but sometimes wrong, right? Yes. Everybody in the league, 99% thought Kevin Durant was leaving Golden State for the Knicks, not the Nets. The grapevine was wrong that year, but they were sure. Like everybody talked about it as if it was like a dead certainty. But we and weren't wrong about him leaving. No, they weren't no, wrong no. about him leaving, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm with you. I'm with you, Marcus. Um, no, they were not. They were they were absolutely right about that. They 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 did not get the destination right, but I think there were there were probably good reasons for that. That's yeah. for somebody's book for another day. But I think right. this the, the Harden thing. I believe has absolute legs to it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing for the, for the nets, by the way, because if you have a fully healthy and engaged and active and not part-time Kyrie and a fully engaged and active and healthy Kevin Durant, I think you can make the argument that Ben Simmons is the better third wheel. Absolutely. Than Harden. Cause he's going to guard people. He's the guy that's going to guard everybody and get deflections and pass the ball to the, and get Kyrie off the ball. It makes all the sense in the world for Brooklyn to do it just after this year when they, yes. when they get, when they have, you know, a, a year to a, a training camp and everything, but yeah, I mean, to have two primary scores and two lethal primary scores and another, I mean, Simmons is not a, Look, we all know Simmons has offensive limitations, but even if he's just getting it off the glass and transition, he's going to score 16, 17 points a game. And he's not required or especially asked to be an offensive option on a Brooklyn team with Kyrie and KD as your primary scorer. So it works. The one thing I wondered, Howard, was does it work for Philly? And the reason I say it's not because James Harden's not talented. I'm not saying that. He's obviously a great scorer. But, you know, Embiid's a... Embiid is a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be at his best. It, it, it makes no sense for him to be a screener and a spot-up shooter and, or any of those things. He's not a role man to the basket necessarily. He is a guy, get him the ball on the block, let him face up, let him score up and, and go do his thing. And Harden's not a spot-up shooter either. That is where I think I'm not sure if the mix works, but it's, it's a better mix than Simmons and Embiid to be sure. Yeah. Um, look, if, if I were to, if anybody were to conjure the best co-star for Joel Embiid, I mean, Ben Simmons, obviously the two of them have functioned at a very high level and could still, if Ben Simmons were willing to actually put on a uniform and play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the ideal version is a primary ball handler who also can shoot and shoot from range and shoot accurately enough to keep the defense honest uh, and, and to do a lot with the ball in their hands. Um, so Harden fits the bill, right? There are others mm -hmm. who fit the bill. I think Bradley Beal would be a, a fantastic sure. running mate with Joel sure. Embiid, and it's why they've they've had their eyes on him for a long time. Clearly Damian Lillard, who they've had their eyes on for a long time. I think Harden fits. My concerns would be the, the James Harden we've seen this season, while his numbers have rebounded quite a bit in, in the aggregate or the, the, the counting stats, his efficiency is way off. Mm -hmm. Um He's a good, not great three-point shooter. Like he's right. a volume three-point shooter. James Harden's way up there in among league leaders in the last seven, eight years in three-pointers made. But once you like resort basketball reference according to actual percentage of threes made, <laughs> he slips pretty far. So he's a good, not great, but you're, he's not a guy you're going to leave open. Um, I don't think he is is quite as uh, spry. He was never the spryest <laughs> in the first place. So for the Sixers. You're still giving up. And look, you kind of have to, right? Ben Simmons is not coming back. So the question becomes like, 
do you want this version of James Harden at 32 or whatever? Do you want something else? Can you get to something else? Because if you can't, there's not going to be a whole lot out there probably that's better than James Harden. And I do yeah. think he'd fit well with Embiid. And the, and the, the last thing I'll say about Harden in terms of fit is this, like uh, DA, like you're, you're, I, I, I think you're right on the Embiid side of it, right? Like he's not just your standard, like pick and roll center, but he can't like, he can be incredibly effective as a role man or as a pick and pop guy. He's got both aspects in his game that that's, it's not impossible. He's not just a post-up guy. There's a lot he can do. So I think they can mesh well with Harden. I think the plus is in coming to Brooklyn. The question was, what's James Harden going to give up? How much will he give up? In the very, very, very short time that the three of them were actually on the court together last season, you saw James Harden scale way back, be playmaker, and let Kyrie and Kevin Durant do most of the scoring. So clearly James Harden, to his credit, is comfortable reeling back and doing less, scoring less. So I don't think he'll mind deferring to Embiid and riding Embiid some nights and, and creating when he needs to. So I think that part of it works pretty well. And, you know, obviously there's a trust, Harden and, and Daryl Morey, Harden and Michael Rubin, one of the co-owners of the right. Sixers. And That's Meek a well-documented Mill. relationship. Yeah, yeah sure, Mill. sure. So. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, here's the part that I'm curious your take on this. Um, To me, it makes a lot of sense for both teams, actually, Uh, especially when you consider Harden. I think the real struggle with Harden has been finishing inside the three. I think that's where he, like, he's not, I mean, he's never been a mid-range guy, but he's not getting that two. And I think that's what they need. They need the two. They need the interior scoring. Um, But the part that's tricky is they came together to build this kind of super team. And now we, this will be year three where it didn't happen. Presuming it doesn't happen this year, right? They don't have this magical run, which is very possible can't like how does that get Kyrie back right does that get you know does this having to refashion this vision that was crafted back in 2019 is that a workable thing because essentially they would be starting over because you now you got to get different pieces around the fact that it's Durant and Simmons and possibly Kyrie instead of you know so I wonder now how realistic is that? I mean, obviously Durant is so great that you could create a championship team around him whenever. Right. But like, how does that work from, you know, Steve Nash taking over this team, expected to have these three superstars and go on this run and then not happening and now having to kind of rejigger the plan. Yeah. Well, let's actually go back even before that. Right. Like Kyrie and Kevin Durant year one, you knew was, uh, you know, 
a, a, a toast year anyway, because Kevin Durant was going to sit out the first entire season with Achilles. So year one is just Kyrie. And then he only plays 20 games because of injury year two, you've got the two of them together for a time. Then you bring in, bring in Harden. And then you're constantly losing one or the other, or, you know, two of the right. three, whatever. And yeah, now we're here in year three, Kyrie, because of his vaccination status, Kevin Durant's out. Uh, so like the entire time, forget the, the, the big three, even their big two has never really had much of a chance to do anything in Brooklyn. And so the whole thing has been kind of a dud, frankly. And, you know, look, that said, they, they went on a pretty exciting playoff run last spring. And if not for injuries, maybe they get to the finals and could do it again. Right. And, <laughs> could, and could do it again. But right. I think for a team that just brought these stars together, who are all still looking various parts of their, you know, prime to late prime, right? They're not all 25, 26, 27, but they are still all, you know, if not at the top of their games, I mean, Kevin Durant still is when he's on the court, Kyrie's still at the top of his game when he's on the court, Harden's maybe a little bit off, but those three together, the potential of that has never been realized and may never be realized, especially if James Harden decides to walk. So the whole thing becomes kind of this big, like, you know, much ado about nothing. It's, it's just a big bummer that, that never quite gels, never quite takes flight. And I, if I'm the Nets, you know, Kevin Durant is clearly your centerpiece, but I don't know how much I I'm, I'm wedded to Kyrie. Like Kyrie can opt out this summer. If he does, if it's just to resign a longer deal, I don't know how, what I'm, how many years I want to commit to Kyrie Irving, but he and Kevin Durant came together. So you have to be mindful of that as well. Like, I just think that Harden or no Harden Simmons or no Simmons, they have a Kyrie issue too. Like if, yeah. if Harden were signed long-term, we would still be talking about very soon. What is Kyrie's future with the Nets? Um, because he's caused them a fair amount of stress between <laughs> this season and the refusal to get vaccinated and the, 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 the uh, not being available, the couple of weeks he took off in the middle of last season, whether you think it was justified or not, whether you understand it or not, still, you just never know what is going to go, you know, what to expect from Kyrie Irving. And so I think fairly the Nets should be concerned about what the next, you know, two, three years, four years, whatever hold for this group because there's well, there's multiple variables i i think for with, with the, the point of carry is a valid one but i think you at some level look you've got to go to kevin durant and say look this is the guy you wanted you got to figure you got to help us out here and 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 figure out where this guy's head is at the fact that harton didn't sign the extension told me everything i needed to know about where, where his head was at because especially after KD did right exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly because that's the logical okay they're going to lock them all up and they're going to take a run at this thing for the next three to five years and see how many see how many chips they can win right and the fact that he went eh, you know I'm good <laughs> you know let's game to Larry David eh, I'm all right and that just kind of that kind of was a red flag to me and to your point Howard I mean yeah Kyrie is you know all kinds of issues. Right. And I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, what am I saying? Of course I can imagine. Like I can't imagine if he goes through the rest of this year with this on again, off again, not, not for home games thing and they don't win it. I, I just can't imagine they will be comfortable going into another season with that. 
I just can't believe that the Nets would say, we'll be cool with Kyrie for 41 games next season too. I just can't believe they'll be okay with that. But it's so good. How do you, like, isn't that tantalizing to do it? Like, yo. Yeah, but it's so, it's just. You don't don't need them for 82 games. You need them for 16 in the playoffs. But but just think about the load that goes, the reason, I I shouldn't say there's no correlation, but I'm saying. Kyrie not being on the floor does not help Kevin Durant's workload. You know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> like, and his longevity. Right. Um, so on that, listen, the, the, there's a best case scenario here that is not that crazy where <laughs> the pandemic eases, if only. Um, it, the pandemic eases. New York relaxes its mandate. Kyrie can now play 100% of Nets games. That's not impossible. Omicron is is tailing off. Now, the epidemiologists in my timeline are, are still saying, folks, listen, we're not out of this thing. And just because Omicron's winding down doesn't mean there's not going to be another variant and we should all still be on our guard. Like, all fine. I'm, I'm with that. But I could see where New York as a policy matter decides to give up and be like, you know what? Whatever. Yeah, we, we gotta, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, quote unquote, live with it. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, Adam Silver said it. Right. Yeah. Well, right. Right. Well, still, one of the most underplayed and underrated quotes of the entire year was Adam Silver uh, saying to Malik Andrews on ESPN in late December, mid-December, whenever that was, we're going to have to learn to live with it. Like, I cannot believe to this day how little uh, attention that got. That was a yeah. massive policy statement um, by the league. I don't know where that leads. And this is still a city issue, not a league issue. It's the city that's decided that uh, Kyrie Irving cannot play home games. Yeah. But there is, a, there is, I think, a reasonable scenario in the next few months where that changes. Now, if it doesn't change, in the worst-case scenario for the Nets, they lose in the first round, or maybe it's the second round, because they lost every home game. Right. Or they lost most of them. Right. I mean, right. that's not, un, that's not impossible. Impossible. It's not impossible. That is a plausible scenario. There's a very good chance that the Nets lose a series. They would have otherwise won because Kyrie was missing for half the series. Yeah. And to say, I don't know how we didn't, I didn't go to Northwestern, but impossible sounds like it got the point across, right? I feel like, a, I feel like we should add that to the lexicon. It, it sounds like one of those words they'd use in like a Dr. Pepper commercial. It sounds like a fake burger or a fake steak, right? <laughs> like a vegan option. Huh? Kyrie, wasn't Kyrie one of those big uh, impossible burger guys, or was it yeah. the other brand? He's a vegan like, meat guy, I think. Remember, remember it coming to America? He's like, they have McDonald's, we have McDonald's. Dials. Like, right. That's going to be DA. They got the possible burgers. We have impossible burgers. We have the golden arcs. <laughs> this is this is the second coming to America reference. The, the first one was much more subtle, and, and only people who were on this Zoom call could see uh, Marcus doing it. That's the second coming to America reference. <laughs> We're going to see if they figure that one out. We're going to see if they figure that one out. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so I want to talk to you about the other team in Gotham, since that's your, that's your hometown. Um, I don't, I don't get how you trade for a dude and then you just don't play him. Like you, you trade for a 22 year old dude. Welcome you to the like, world. I know. Right. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't even, I'm not even on the camera at bandwagon, but if you're going to trade for him, don't you have to actually play him at some point? <laughs> I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks. Uh, so all, all, all sarcasm aside and, and point well taken DA. I mean, 
Look, they've got the same kind of log jam that the Hawks do. Maybe not as talented of a log jam or as as clean of a log jam, but they have you know some log jam issues as well with with uh, their wing players. And so, I can see where you want to get them acclimated first, get them through some practices. We know teams never practice these days, and so you know it, it takes a little bit longer. Maybe they're just looking for the right time. Also, they're getting them at a time when the the Knicks are so up and down they don't even know where they're headed right now. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that like literally if they lose a couple games, it looks like this is a time to just like, let go of the rope, sell off a few pieces and, you know, collect yourselves, see where you are and, and plan for next season. And then all of a sudden they win a couple and they get back to 500 and you're like, ah, maybe this thing's still salvageable. We're going to make a run at, at the play in. I, I, don't, I don't know where the Knicks are going to end up. And I don't think the Knicks know where the Knicks are going to end up. So if you were, if you, you know, if a five game losing streak knocks you out and you're finally ready to just concede the point and say, you know what, last season was last season and maybe it was an aberration and we overachieved and it wasn't sustainable. We got to take a step back to take two steps forward. We pull the plug and now's the time when you say, hey, Cam Reddish, have at it. You know, uh, Grimes, McBride, the rest, of, just, just throw them all out there and let them get their reps. But I don't think the Knicks are prepared to do that yet. I don't think they're in a, in a mode to feel comfortable experimenting while they're still trying to claw their way into the playoffs. And so I, but, but you're right, DA on the face of it. I mean, they traded, I mean, Kevin Knox was a player that, that had no future in New right. York. Anyway, it was a protected first round pick. Like they paid a very low price to get Cam Reddish, but yeah, what's the point of the exercise? If you're not actually going to see, how he fits with your group or how well, you feel about fit. it. I mean, I, I mean, finding out what, finding out he's not a fit is important too, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. Kind of. You know, um, not if you bought him for later, not if you yeah. like, you know what? <laughs> next year. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't have to wear the shoes just because you got them. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, put those in the box, put them up for later. I mean, we yeah. got to get these Quentin Grimes minutes off. So <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you, Marcus, few years back, I needed some new dress shoes. I went there. I let the salesman talk me into getting both the black and the brown. And I thought, but I don't wear brown that often. I kind of just more about the black shoes. But, but you know what? It was a good deal. He was a good salesman. He talked me into it. But those things are still in the box. So <laughs> there's Cam Reddish. Damn, Cam Reddish is going to be in the box till next, next November? Damn. I, just... I mean, listen. I, I th like Some of this is just where the Knicks are, as I was saying. And some of it is tips, right? Yeah. Dude, Tibbs is all I out mean, to win every game. Yeah, no, this is all Tibbs. No, this is all Tibbs. They're playing eight dudes. Like, what are we? <laughs> like, literally, they beat the Clippers playing eight guys. Like, yo, who's got room for minutes here? It's not like, it's not like you're squashing the end of the bench. Like, this we'll, is all Tibbs. We'll we'll know it's time to worry when they bring in Lawal Dang tomorrow and he starts right. ahead of Cam Reddish, too. <laughs> I just, well, we know he ain't getting the times given minutes we know that right I, right and it's like okay i get it look i'm not i'm not hating what what they are this year i thought there were, had to be some regression i just thought they were playing a little above their heads last year but it was they were rolling it was working and so it's not a tire fire anymore like it used to be so there's something to be said for that right yes yes so i'm, I'm not i'm not saying the knicks are in trouble or they need to sell every piece off and but what i'm saying is it's not like they're 35 and seven. You know what I mean? Like you're a 500 team barely in the discussion for the play in tournament right now. What could it possibly hurt to get Cam Reddish eight minutes a half to see what you've got? I think it's a fair question. Um, 
And I think the further we get or the closer we get to trade deadline, all-star break, if he hasn't started playing him some minutes yet, and if the Knicks are still doing this, you know, win two, lose three, win three, lose two, if it's just the same up and down thing, I, I don't know where that leads. Like, I think they need clarity. I think they either need enough breathing room where Tibbs feels comfortable playing a guy who just got here or they need to have like, let go of the rope. And actually even on that, like, I don't think that Tibbs knows how to let go of the rope. I don't think there's no, a let go of the no. rope. No, somebody has there. to tell him. And that's, <laughs> that does. Yeah, that's good luck problem. with that. Nah, you got to fire him. You can't just tell him you got to fire right, him. No, you you're like, right. Right, right, <laughs> right, like, yeah, right, dude, right. this ain't going to work. You're right. Put your yeah. interim in. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, Howard, what's your take on where the the Hawks sit? Speaking of, the, you know, they they dump Cam Reddish. They're, you know, they found a little streak here. I, I think four games. The, unlike the Knicks, where you kind of expected a bit of a bit of regression, the Hawks felt like they had arrived. Right? It felt like this yeah. was a coming out party, and this year they're they've been hugely disappointing. Uh, how, are they? Are they saving themselves from a fire sale? Are they saving themselves from a John Collins send off with this latest run? I don't think so. I, I think like way too too much smoke for there not to be fire. And at the at the center of that, the you know hot burning ember is Travis Schlenk's radio interview from a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that thing is still smoldering, right? Like, like, I mean, it's one of the wildest things I've ever heard a general manager say publicly. But that used to be more, like, DA backed me up on this. Like, GA, like, people kind of, like, whoa, what what is Travis like doing? Like, oh, somebody should have told him not to say that. Like, DA, GMs used to just talk like this. They used to just say, like, yeah, my team fucking blows. Um, All the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah, Travis is a very old school, by the way. No, Beck, have these guys ever talked to Jerry West? You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Everybody's so careful these days that when somebody actually speaks candidly, everybody's like, whoa, what? Wow, what was that? Um, It's called honesty, people. And and accountability, too. Like, credit to Travis Schlank for saying our struggles are not just – now it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like if he, if he says it's my fault for keeping them together, he's still kind of blaming the players, but he's at least saying that for his part of it, the GM is responsible for the talent level and the fit of that talent level and the clarity yeah. of the roster, right? And I think clarity is a key word here because we all thought for a while, especially after that that big haul, the, the off-season haul where they brought in Gallo and Lou Williams and all the vets, and it was like, man, they got a lot of youth, they got some vets. I like the mix, but I also think like there may be too many guys who need minutes here. And that's been the case ever since. Now they had this magical run last year. Anyway, it, as Marcus said, it looked absolutely like they had arrived. And it was a beginning of something and not just some one-off, but the regression among other things probably tells you as, as Travis Schlank to his credit said that maybe it was wrong to bring them all back. And that there was, there still is too much tension of multiple guys who need minutes and shots um, and some shine. And so, you know, sending out reddish is not solving that problem. Making a two for one or three for one deal could solve that problem and and just reshuffling the deck a little bit. And it still does seem like John Collins, like no one has shied away from the fact that John Collins at some point went to the organization and said, eh, maybe I'm better off elsewhere. So, uh, and there's plenty of market for him out there. So I, I got to think that the reddish move was a precursor to something bigger. And we're going to see it before February 10th. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I cannot make up my mind on John Collins. Y'all got to help me out on that. I really can't. Like, he's really talented. He really is talented. Like, he's really good. Is he a, is he a go-to one of our top two players on the team guy? I don't know. And I'm not saying the answer is no. I'm saying I literally do not know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. And I think that's that's a major part of their conundrum as a franchise. I think it's clear he's number two when Kevin Herter is the number three. <laughs> well, I think that's their right. problem. They don't right. have better players than John Collins. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah right. They've got a lot of really good. There's a, yeah, lot, of a lot of really of good, good players. Yeah. Yeah. But I think DeAndre Hunter is going to be really good. Yeah. I do too. Really good players. Right. And in fairness, you know, um, most of the league is trying to get by with like one absolute stud and the Hawks have theirs and Trey Young. And a bunch of really good, right? Like it's hard to have two studs or three studs, or as the Warriors had for a time, four. Like I don't know anything about that, Howard. All I know, Stud <laughs> City. That's all I know. All stars. He, he says with his dynasties book sitting over his right shoulder. <laughs> dynasties available now on audiobook. <laughs> oh man, Beck, I want to ask you about um your old stomping grounds out in La La and what's happening out there. Cause you talk about a tire fire. My God. Oh. Woo. How long Boy. is this podcast? 
<laughs> no, I just would. We, I don't want to do the Clippers because that's all about injuries and never. I think they're they're getting. Oh, no, I knew you meant the Lakers. No one, ta- no got, one actually right, wants to talk about They the got Clippers. a gap year. I'm yeah. not even concerned about them because of that. You know, it is what it is with them. Um, but yeah, yeah, your old team and it just my goodness, I, I'm. I shouldn't say I'm surprised. I thought it would work with Russ. I will be a hundred percent honest with you. I thought it could work. I thought they would figure it out because Russ wants to win. He needs a championship to kind of validate his career. I think, even though he'll never admit that. Um, And I thought he would figure out how to make it work with those guys. And it's not working at all. All right. So let me ask both of you guys this question without leading the witness too much. When the trade went down for Russ last was it the summer still? Like I don't yeah, know. Last summer. In June, last right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just later in the summer than we're or used July. To. July, sorry. Yeah. When that trade went down, how many people that either of you talked to, scouts, GMs, coaches around the league, thought that was a good move? Or or anywhere from good for to Washington? enthusiastic. Great move for Washington. <laughs> Everybody loved the move for Washington. Hey, but, but I, yes. I thought how many thought it was wrong, a great move though. for the Lakers? <laughs> I, I thought they were wrong. I was like, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Right, I, I, right. I, I just figured, I figured like DA, this was almost a perfect world for Russ. LeBron yeah. could rest, and he would just get to be the man with a exactly. bunch of, you know, OGs who like, it's his show. And yeah. then LeBron will close it out at the end. It felt, right. it felt like it made a lot of sense, but you're and, right. Nobody said this was great. In Nobody in the league likes this. In Nobody. fairness to me, <laughs> except for to me, I had just seen Westbrook basically take a team with almost no help. I mean, Brad Bradley Beal played, helped some, but with very little help, take a really mediocre team to the playoffs. You know, and and did it all on the strength of his personality, his will, his toughness, all of those things had 900 triple doubles in a row and and, and impactful, meaningful triple doubles, not, you know, BS triple doubles. Um, so I thought, OK, well, that version of Westbrook, to Marcus's point in L.A. as the kind of from four minutes left in the first quarter to seven minutes left in the first half while LeBron is on the bench just diamond people up going to the rack finishing because I stupidly thought, Oh, they'll put plenty of shooters around with Russell. Cause that's the whole point is him hitting, keep hitting people in the perimeters to take the terrain threes. You didn't um, know they would put him as the shooter. You didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know he was the shooter. That, was, that wasn't the plan. Um, so yeah, I thought it would work, but I was wrong. I was wrong. But Howard, how much of the, this will never work from the, the the basketball brain trust, right, was because of what they gave up for it, right? I I, I figured it was because it was supposed to be Buddy Hield, which objectively made way more sense, right? But in and of itself, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if it didn't work because if it just didn't work, right? But it's like, you gave up Buddy Hield and some pieces for this huge contract? That's what I, at least that's what I thought was behind it. I think it was, it was all of it, right? It was Russ is not a great fit with LeBron or certainly a lot, a lot of skepticism about whether he made sense next to LeBron or between LeBron and AD. It was the pieces they gave up, especially guys like KCP and Kuzma. um, 
And it was also that they didn't resign Alex Caruso. So it was all of it. It's everything that they did. The trade itself was problematic on its face, both because they gave away all of their depth and much of their defense and acquired a guy who was going to be a tough fit to deboot. And then on top of that, they let Alex Caruso walk. So like the entire off season, if, if this crashes and burns as badly as it appears it will, it, that it will, and that a lot of us expect it to, that's going to go down as one of the worst off seasons that any team has had in a very, very long time of a, of a good team, right? Like bad teams have bad off seasons all the time. Right, right, right. Teams right. with LeBron James and Anthony Davis need to have good to great off seasons, or at least, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, break even. Right. Yeah, and they would yeah. have been better off just standing pat. Look, I I'm, I'm with, I think, was it, was it Charles Barkley on, on inside last week that just barbecued, the, you know, the front office yes. and for leaving Vogel twisting in the wind, which I agree with him. I think it's totally unfair. You just mentioned the thing that I've been talking about the whole off season into this season. How the hell does the, how the hell do the Los Angeles Lakers lose a guy because of money? That just is insane to me. The, yeah. the, I don't care. Don't even don't even start to talk to me about. Well, if they had re-signed Caruso, it would have been this in the luxury tax. I don't give a shit what it was in the luxury tax. <laughs> the Lakers they're making three billion dollars on their local TV deal. Stop talking about luxury tax. In the same conference where the Warriors are paying the highest luxury tax of all time, right? right. Like, you got you got a dude, you got a what? dude up north who's like, I, I, I got bread. He out here making it rain. Like, and the Lakers are crying poor mouth. Yeah, I'm I, with you, DA. I, I, look, I, and I'm with you too. I will say, like, I always preface these kinds of conversations with the, it's easy for me to say, it's, it's not, not my, my bank account, right? It's not <laughs> right, my money. I get it. I get it. But I get it. There's no better money you are, to spend. But you have to be in this to win, right? Yeah, why did you get Le why did you do all these things then? Right. Yeah, you, right. I said this when LeBron was in Cleveland, and especially the, the toward the tail end of his second Cleveland run, where they're like, Oh, we don't know if we want to trade that Brooklyn pick that we picked up because that might be the guy who who's like the face of our new no, no, no. There's no new face of no new era. There <laughs> right, is there right. is no new era. There's no next right. anything. Right. For the every minute that you have LeBron, you have to be all in on everything, whether that's spending your draft capital, whether that's spending your tens of millions of dollars, whether it's going way into the luxury tax, whatever it takes, you are obligated to put the best possible team around LeBron James during the time that you have him. He's one of the yeah. greatest players in the history of the game. He has at this stage of his career. I mean, my gosh, I, I, it's foolish to even talk about when the end is anymore, right? He may mm -hmm. be doing this at 45 for all we know, but there's a window. I don't know how big it is. I don't know when it's closing, but it's coming. And to waste a season of his career or to, to, to screw up a season where he's still playing at an MVP level because you wouldn't spend the extra money to keep an Alex Caruso to say nothing, of course, of the other moves that put them in this hole. Like Caruso alone wasn't going to save them from this, this fate, but it's the combination of all of these things. And they just changed too much. They robbed Frank Vogel of too many of his best defenders, and they put him in this position and then decided to let him twist in the wind as if it were his fault. When this is a team that when he had decent personnel was an elite defensive team and got them to a championship just 14, 15 months ago. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's preposterous, but we know this too. Front offices don't fire themselves and they don't blame themselves very often.
not too many Travis Schlenks out there, right? To to bring this full circle, you know. At least when Miami said we're not going to resign Mike Miller, and LeBron said, "But you have to sign Mike Miller, resign Mike Miller," and they said, "No, we're not going to do it." They had been to four straight finals, and they had won two. Okay, so I can I get at that point them saying, "Hey, come on, we've 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 put money into this thing. Don't act like we haven't." You know, so that this one makes zero sense to me. They won one with LeBron in three years. Um, they, and I'm sorry, if they don't win another one, guys, um, and especially if this if this just continues to like teeter the way it is or whatever, and I don't know where this goes. Like once you get to the offseason, like what do you do with Russ now? He can opt into 47 million. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, um, he's not opting out. So you yeah, can forget that. Right. <laughs> um, like the 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 backlash and the, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but this, this is going to stick around for a long time. Like this season and and the moves that led to this season and to this disappointment are not going away. We, this is going to be written about and talked about for a very long time because it's LeBron, because it's the Lakers and because of, of just how spectacularly bad this has gone. Now, look, Anthony Davis, I think, is coming back tonight here in uh, about four blocks that way. Imminent, imminent. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ambling over there in a few hours. <laughs> um, maybe let's 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 just give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe with a healthy Anthony Davis back in the lineup, and the Lakers leaning more into lineups where either Anthony Davis is the center, however reluctantly it may be, LeBron James is the center, whatever, whatever it takes to use a lot less of. Dwight Howard and they've already kind of mothballed DeAndre Jordan, but like, you know, there, there are possible better ways forward for this team to be successful, but they do require Anthony Davis's presence offensively and defensively. And maybe they find the way to, 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 to make these pieces fit over the next couple of months. I don't think there's a trade that's going to save them. I don't think there's a trade to even be made. I don't think they have anything that anybody right. really badly wants that's going to get them anything of value. So this is who they are. This is what they got. Anthony Davis comes back tonight, I think. Um, and all right, you've got half a season left, a little less to uh, to straighten this out. Um, we'll see. I, I will say we 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 got to say that they're two games behind the six seed, right? Which gets them in the playoffs. And yeah. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't mind seeing I wouldn't I wouldn't LeBron with no expectations as an underdog in the playoffs. Right. That's not, you know, we haven't <laughs> seen that before, right? LeBron goes in the playoffs as a seven right. seed. All right, but let's the- say let's let's say they finish sixth and they play Memphis in the first round. You really think people are going to say Memphis is the favorite in that series? No, <laughs> probably not. No. But if they you end know? up playing Utah, right? Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> Could be. I'll, I'll, Could be. I, I, there's, I, a, there's a little bit of salvageability. Of some there sort. is, there is. I would take the Lakers in both of those matchups. Uh, if the Lakers are coming in as a six yeah, seed against Utah or yeah. Memphis, I'm taking the Lakers. Yeah, it, it depends on what trade the Lake, it would trade Utah makes at the deadline. If they yeah. do move angles, what do they get for him? Right. You know, or but Bogdanovich or both. You know, have the Lakers given us any reason to believe that they can take four of seven from the Phoenix Suns or from a fully functioning Warriors team, assuming that the Warriors have a healthy Draymond back and Clay is is rounded into shape? 
I don't think so. I don't think they can beat either of those teams. I've seen nothing to indicate they can beat those teams four times. Yeah. Yeah. So, but every, anybody else in the West to, to Marcus's point? Absolutely. I'm not. Yeah. It's a playoff series. You got rest every, every day. You know, you can practice, you're, you know, you're, it's different. That yeah. that's, that's a LeBron type of situation where he can go all out. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and I'm still not giving up on Westbrook. I just, I, I'm no, I'm on the, I am on the losing side of this argument right now, but I still think Russell Westbrook can help a good team win. I, he's, I've seen him do it too many times. Now, I, the defensive piece, boy, it's not, it's not good. I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. He's not playing well defensively at all. Um, but I still think he can help you win. But we'll see. We'll see. Beckman, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for for dropping in and spending some time with with two of your two of your lessers. Um, <laughs> Please, <laughs> honored honored to be here with the Hall of Famer David Aldridge and the multiple time published author Marcus Thompson. Please say hello to your lovely wife for me. Oh. Hey. I will not, sir. Poor Dolan. We're good either way. I, I already told her. I was like, I'm on a podcast with your homie. <laughs> she said, tell him hello. Say hi to me. <laughs> she, she was like, who? And I was like, you remember her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Thank you, you for listening. Man. As always, leave that five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you hear this fine American podcast. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. If 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 they're not going to leave five stars, what do they need to do? You know, I'm going to suggest counseling. I won't call them haters. I won't tell them to keep it to themselves. Because like I said, today is too good of a day. You're in too today, good a mood. I don't I'm have home food today. I'm, I'm sorry. Used to like, being in this yo, good a mood. So look, get your life together. You know, try counseling. You know, like eat some ice cream. I don't know what you got to do. Feel Burn better. some incense. But, yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm riding high today. Ain't nothing y'all can do to me today. Because uh, I'm about to finish this podcast. And I'm about to go do what I do during my day. I don't have to do nothing. Because I got till three o'clock. Man. To myself. Oh, damn. You know it's right. all early back back where y'all live. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, <laughs> it's about to be nighttime where I'm. <laughs> nah, we good. We posted it. I got a whole day ahead of me. <laughs> I, I got out the car. I, I opened the door for her. I gave her a bag for lunch. Like, yeah. Like, yo, we, we kicking it today. So, yeah, do what you want to do with your little four stars, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> it. Later. <laughs>